Good morning. Wow, that feels very loud up here. Um, as... Don't turn it down. As most of you know, we're currently spending time on our Sunday mornings looking at our vision and values and our mission statement. And last week, Laurie talked about the importance of personal restoration in our walk with Jesus. This morning, we're looking at the part of our mission statement that says we commit to regular individual and corporate worship and prayer. And in some ways, when I, when I looked at this title, I thought this is so obvious and so fundamental to our Christian walk and such a given that actually is there much I need to say <laughs> but then the Lord told me what he wanted me to say so that's fine because prayer and worship is as vital to us as Christians as breathing is to life literally it's that important yet I do know that we can all struggle from time to time to worship and to pray I do and, and ironically, that sometimes seems to happen when we need to do so more than ever. I don't know if that's your experience, that's certainly my experience. Because we all have issues, we all have things going on that might make us worry or struggle or get angry about something or disillusioned or fearful. And that's normal, that's part of being human, isn't it? But it's when we allow those things to take our attention and focus it onto ourselves that's when those things become debilitating. I know, because I've got the t-shirt on my book. And what happens is we take our eyes off of God and we then stop offering our praise and worship. And sometimes we even stop praying at those times. And or we might send up those kind of panicky little arrow prayers in the moment. But that's the exact outcome that the enemy is looking for. Because I really do believe that, that prayer and worship hold the key to every single circumstance that we can possibly face. I'm just going to read a few verses from Psalm 65. I'm going to look at verses 1 to 5 in particular. And it's David. He writes this. He says, Praise awaits you, our God in Zion. To you our vows will be fulfilled. You who answer prayer... So you all people will come. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. You answer us with awesome and righteous deeds. God our Saviour, the hope of all the ends of the earth. What beautiful words. And I'm challenged by those words because I love how David is prompted and provoked to worship and to prayer simply by acknowledging who God is. Simply by seeing God's hand over the whole of creation. And I, I'm convinced, because I've seen it, I'm convinced that if we spent less time looking at our own lives and more time being aware of the Lord... And who he is, the same would be true for us. Because we have an awesome God, don't we? He loves us more deeply than we know or are able to believe, I think. And he sustains us, he meets our needs. And he's good all the time. We've just sung that he's a good, good father. 
And yet those, those words, almost, they, they, they don't really go anywhere in expressing his real nature because he's so much bigger and so much more awesome than our language will allow us to express. And I think if we really could see that, our only response would be to pray and to worship because we would be overcome. We would be overcome with the goodness and love and splendor of God. And I think we would fall before him, literally fall before him in adoration. And we get glimpses of that. Yes, of course we do. But it's, it's not our permanent state because as I've said, we're human and things get in the way. But I think the question is how often are we more concerned about ourselves? Are we more concerned about what we're feeling? Are we more concerned about how we're going to pay the bills this winter? Or are we more concerned about doing that thing that we know we should do but we don't really want to do? Or on a normal Sunday, are we more concerned about whether we're hot or cold? Or how long the service is going to be and is the roast going to burn? You know, all of those things crowd in and can take our attention away. And we all do it. We all do it in different ways. But if we're going to be committed, and that's what, we, that's what our mission statement says, committed to individual and corporate worship and prayer, then we, we do need to learn to lay aside those things that distract. Because the things that are, are distracting us are not the things fundamentally that are really important. We have such an incredible, loving and compassionate Heavenly Father. And yes, of course, he's interested in the little detail of our lives. He's interested in, in the small things. And as David says in that psalm, he answers our prayer. He is faithful and he answers prayer. And he loves to hear us and he loves to respond. But there is a call on every single one of us to put him first, to seek first his kingdom. And that means consciously and deliberately putting down our own agenda, whatever that is, and choosing to trust and obey. Because our prayer life, whether that's our individual prayer life or our corporate prayer life, needs to be centred on God and not on our needs and our desires. The, the greatest privilege any one of us can have is a personal and intimate relationship with God, our Father. And I know I'm stating the obvious, but like any relationship, it will only grow with good communication. And that, by definition, means it's got to be two-way. It's not just us making our requests, or even if it's thanksgiving. Prayer is as much about listening and taking time just to be in God's presence as it is about talking and asking. And similarly, I think, when we worship, when we worship, we are meant to turn all of our attention to God. All of it. Never think of it as singing a few songs. And I know that, I know as I'm saying this, when I was preparing this this week, I, I'm so aware that there are some of us who are struggling because the pattern of services is changing. And it causes us sadness and it causes us grief. And I know that. And, and, 
and the leadership, we are aware of that. But actually the call is for all of us never to choose not to worship because we don't like what we're singing. We don't like the fact it's played on the organ or we don't like the fact it's played on the guitar or whatever it is. Because worship is intended to be a supernatural kingdom encounter. That's what worship is. It's far more than we can reduce it down to. It's more spiritual than it is musical, in actual fact. And it's so helpful because through worship we can come into God's presence. It facilitates that for us. But worship, worship is not, um, it's not a means to anything. Worship actually is the end goal in that sense. We don't worship God for, to get something. We don't worship God for ourselves. We worship God because he calls us to and because he's worthy of it. And I think we can underestimate how vital worship is when we reduce it down to something that it's not. And we, we, we can all find reasons to complain about the worship. Maybe somebody's out of tune. Or, as I say, maybe we don't like the start. Whatever it is, we can find all sorts of reasons to complain. But when we do that, we absolutely miss the point. We completely miss the point. We don't worship as a warm-up for the sermon, or even as a means to make us feel better. And so I'm not surprised at all that all these things can prevent us from engaging in worship, because the enemy does understand the power of worship. Absolutely he does. And so he will try every single possible tactic to stop us fully engaging, heart and mind and soul. Psalm 22.3, you'll all know the verse, it tells us that, that God inhabits the praises of his people or is enthroned on the praises of his people because worship is the language of heaven and in heaven it never stops. In heaven, worship is unceasing because worship magnifies the Lord. Worship changes atmospheres. Worship releases his light and God's power. Worship dispels darkness and demons. Worship is also warfare in a war that we are designed to win. And we need to understand what worship is if we're going to move forward and commit to it as a fellowship. Because every time we worship, we're actually engaging in spiritual warfare at a very deep level because we are in direct opposition to the kingdom of Satan. And our active choice to fully worship is the most terrifying thing to the demonic realm because it's the language of power, it's the language of heaven. That is why Satan tries so hard to keep us self-focused and preoccupied with the things that are not important. If worship wasn't that vital and that important, he wouldn't bother. And worship is not meant to make us feel nice and warm and fuzzy or emotionally good or whatever. Worship is a position, it's a stance, and therefore it's always a choice. It's always a choice. 
And in fact, we don't have to even feel like worshipping. I, I, I would say that if we wait until we really feel like worshipping, we will never fully engage. Because it's not about emotions at all. And so the call on all of us as a community of believers here at St. Leonard's is to, is to choose to make that choice every time we have an opportunity to worship together. To disregard, to completely disregard the fact that we might not like the lyrics or the tune or the person who's leading or whatever it is. We need to ignore the fact we might feel self-conscious if we want to put our hands up. Because in the end, none of those things actually matter. None of them. What matters is that we choose to activate our wills. Because worship is about the giving of our hearts and of our whole selves to the Lord. That's what it is. And so my encouragement to all of us today is to, is to make that commitment, as it says on our mission set, to commit to being a praying and worshipping community. Because when we do so, when we fully engage, when we offer our whole selves in prayer and worship, God's power is released. And that's, that's one of the reasons why it's so important for us, the whole community, to meet together. That's what's behind it. It's God's call. God is calling us to greater unity, not to make life easier for the leaders. Not because one building is more important than the other. Not because one style of worship is preferable. None of those things are reasons, hear me. There are no other reasons other than the call, the only single reason for there being one main service on a Sunday morning is because the Lord himself has called it. Because he's calling us to unity. He's given us revelation that it's his will and therefore we do so out of obedience to him, not for any other reason. And as I say, I know that causes a problem for some and I know it's difficult. But the reason is God and God alone. Laurie's already quoted Psalm 133 this morning. Where there is unity, the Lord bestows or commands his blessing. It's biblical and it's vital. Philippians 2, 1 and 2 says this. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Everything I'm saying is completely biblical. And God is calling us to obedience to his call. Because true spirit-filled worship comes out of hearts that are totally surrendered to whatever the Lord calls. Our wills aligned to God's. And it crossed my mind this morning, I've been in situations where God has called me to give up something I've not wanted to give up or to do something that I'm not comfortable doing. But you know what? When we do it, it's always better than the thing we've given up. That might sound anathema to some, but it's true. God is so faithful. What he wants for us is the best. 
And so we have to choose to surrender and to do what he's asking. And there may be pain in the process, but trust me, there will be blessing. Where God calls something, it's because he wants to bless us as a community and to bless our unity. He wants us to be a united praying and worshiping people. And that's important because we're going to bring the enemy's hold in our area. And so let's actively make the choice to be the community that he's calling us to. Amen.